hauling Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Well, welcome to another episode of Fast Line Fast Track. We're glad you're with us. On this week's show, we talk with Terry Burkhardt of Allstate's Ag Parts about diagnosing and fixing air conditioning problems and farm equipment. We talk with Nashville recording artist Stephanie Nash about her FFA scholarship program, and we continue our profiles of the stars of the hit TV show Corn Warriors with a chat with new competitor Corey Atley. Also, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey provides us with a status update on the nation's corn and soybean crops, and we hear the music of Lachlan. You won't want to miss a moment of this one. Let's go. Well, first up this week on Fast Line Fast Track, we want to welcome back to the program Terry Burkhardt with Allstate's Ag Parts, which not only is a large supplier of used, new, and remanufactured tractor and combine parts, but also supplies parts for skid steers, planters, drillers, hay balers, swathers, construction equipment, and other ag equipment. And Terry, welcome back to Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you, Brent. Good to be back. Well, I tell you what, last time we talked about combines, and now we've got... uh, in many parts of the country, uh, harvest uh, creeping up on us. But I tell you what, man, uh, if it's anything like it is here right now, it's still very hot. And guys are out in sprayers, getting ready to get out in combines, still uh, wheeling around in tractors for some things. And it sure helps to have a fully functioning air conditioning system. And I understand this week uh, you, you want to share something about uh, getting the most out of that air conditioning and uh, being able to address problems when they arise. Yeah, you're right. There's uh, really not much, many things more miserable than running a modern tractor in, in the summer heat, um, you know, with all the glass in a cab and, and a gigantic engine just a few inches away from where you're sitting. Um, you know, if your air conditioner is not producing it, it's most efficient. Um, boy, it, it can get warm in there in a hurry. So there's a few simple things um, we can do to uh, to troubleshoot and fix um, an air conditioning system that uh, you can do on your own that won't require taking it to your dealer uh, and, and will be relatively inexpensive. Um, so a lot of times you know, the air conditioning failure is going to be caused by low levels of refrigerant. Um, The refrigerant uh, will get low because it can leak uh, either through a a big leak or microscopic pores uh, in holes in hoses or other areas. Um, So the easiest way to check for leaks, uh, the AC coolant itself is an oil base. So anywhere where that coolant leaks out, it's going to collect dirt just like a hydraulic leak would. Um, so you should be able to spot that. So you're going to need to look at your hoses, uh, your couplings, um, those areas in particular uh, to see if, if that's where the leak is coming from. Um, if you're not seeing any uh, dirt that's indicating a leak, you might want to spray your hoses and couplings with some soapy water and you should find some uh, bubbles that'll indicate where the the pinpoint leak might be. Um, Once you determine where the leak is, um, you know, you want to make sure you fix it before you recharge the system, obviously. Um, But most of those repairs are going to revolve around um, replacing an O-ring, a seal, or a hose. Um, You will occasionally get a leak around an evaporator or a condenser, uh, but look hard at those O-ring seals and hoses, and those should be relatively easy to fix and inexpensive. Your compressor is not going to work unless you have a, a um, full load of refrigerant. Um, it's got a safety switch, a low pressure sw- switch on it that uh, keeps it from running, uh, which will keep that from getting damaged. So. If you fix the leak and the compressor is still not coming on, um, then you probably have an issue with the uh, low pressure safety switch. Um, So that's the next step. 
after you repair the leak, um, you know, turn on the air conditioner, check the system's compressor. And if you're still having issues, then some other things to check would be the fuse. The magnetic clutch on the compressor might not be getting enough voltage. And also look around the compressor shaft seal and make sure there's no leaks around that. After that, it gets a little more complex. Um, and uh, you're going to want to have an AC pressure gauge set uh, to do further troubleshooting. And if you own one of those, you're probably uh, pretty versed in, in repairs. So we aren't going to go into those details there. Um, then one last thing, uh, if your AC uh, makes your cab smell like an old shoe, uh, it's the evaporator coil. Uh, there's mold on the evaporator. Uh, there's a variety of chemicals that can be sprayed on that evaporator uh, or through the air ducts or air intake. Um, to kill that mold and you'll get rid of that uh, smell. We also sell at Allstate a product that uh, you can put in your cab and keep it smelling fresh as well. Um, in addition to all of the AC parts that you're going to need for most makes of ag equipment, you know, we carry the compressors, the, the condensers, the hoses, the, the uh, evaporators, etc. So uh, give us a call at 877 530-4430 uh, and our experienced staff will help uh, help you get the right parts or uh, check out check us out online at tractorpartsasap.com and you can find those parts on there 24-7. Uh, Hopefully these tips will help you keep your air conditioning running smoothly through the year and uh, if, if you need some assistance give one of our guys a call and they'll be more than happy to help you. And we should remind everybody that all these parts come with an industry-leading one-year warranty. And uh, Allstate's Ag Parts has 15 locations nationwide, including 11 Savage Yards, two rebuild facilities, and a 217,000-square-foot uh, warehouse location. Uh, so they can get parts to you quickly. Yeah, we sure can. That's uh, We pride ourselves in getting most parts to customers within two days, uh, just using the regular economical uh, ground shipping. Well, I tell you what, Terry, I appreciate you breaking all this stuff down for our listeners here at Fastline Fast Track. And again, uh, go check those guys out. Tractor Parts ASAP, ASAP.com or 877-530-4430. And they will hook you up with whatever you need for your air conditioning system. And Terry, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Fastline Fast Track. Thanks, Brent. Looking forward to uh, the next time we get to visit. Next up this week on Fast Line Fast Track, we want to welcome back to the program Nashville singer-songwriter and fourth-generation dairy farmer Stephanie Nash, who is here to announce the details of a new FFA scholarship program that she's created around the release of her upcoming song, Time Changes. Stephanie, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Yeah, thanks for having us. We hinted at this when we talked last fall, and anyone who reads FFAs on the record might have seen this early in February, but you're here today to announce a scholarship program that will help an FFA chapter. Yes, so we are um, raising money for an FFA chapter throughout the United States, and I came up with this idea last year um, with a mentor of mine, and I was like, how cool would it be to do a chapter scholarship? Because most of the time you get individual scholarships when you go off to college, but talking with different agriculture teachers, I saw a need for um, just chapter scholarships in general, communities not supporting agriculture as much as they used to. Um, so I started the Time Changes Scholarship. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to announce that it's going to be opening August 1st, so teachers and students can send in their videos very, very soon. So tell us a bit about what FFA has meant to your family. Yeah, so growing up, I went to a high school that didn't offer FFA, and um, I had the opportunity to go through, you know, 4-H, Dairy Princess, Young Farmers and Ranchers, all this great stuff. Um, but my dad and my brother were FFA students, and I saw them and their passion and how our culture always means to them. You know, I've been to a couple of the FFA meetings, and they're just, they're great speakers. They're very... Um, 
important to our agriculture community. They're the next generation. So um, I've been blessed enough to be around a lot of FFA students. You'll be seeing a video coming out with a couple of them from Middle Tennessee that they're helping me promote the scholarship. So mm -hmm. tell us a bit about your family's farming operation. It was located in California and you relocated to Tennessee as you got more involved in the music industry. Tell, tell us about how all that went down. Yeah. So, um, most people on here know that are in the ag industry know about 2008-2009 um, when prices started falling for farmers and uh, feed prices started going up and so being in California it was already hard enough with regulations and water availability competing with uh, bigger cities throughout California so my dad and my family decided to start looking elsewhere and that is when we decided on uh, Bedford County here in Tennessee uh, we built the dairy from the ground up and we kind of started over. We moved our cows from California. Um, but it, it's been an amazing move. Um, and I don't think we would still be in the dairy industry if we did not move from California. So, so this FFA scholarship that, that you're here to talk about today, tell us how FFA chapters can apply and, and what is that whole process going to look like? Yeah, so you can go on stephanienashmusic.com and there you'll see the FFA song contest. You click on that and it has all the information. Uh, pretty much I want them to have fun with it. I know it's challenging times, you know, we're trying to keep social distancing, um, but as you get more comfortable, maybe you guys can do um, video from your room about your experience being an FFA or maybe you can do a six feet apart video. Be, be creative, but I want to hear about your school. I wanna hear about your struggles. I wanna hear about you know the happy times in your communities, what you're doing. Um, I even wanna hear about like if you wanna be a veterinarian or you wanna go the nutrition way. I, want, I, I just wanna hear about it. And um, that's how they can enter. Just go to stephanienashmusic.com if they wanna read more. You said it earlier. It's um, on the FFA magazine as well. And so they, I'm just really excited to see all these videos. And if you go to the Fast Line Fast Track Facebook page, uh, we've got a link to that also on Twitter and Instagram. So you can go and check out that story yourself. Um, and I tell you what, you and I have been talking about this for about a year now, uh, the idea for this. And, you know, certainly when we sat down and started talking about it, we, we sure didn't uh, anticipate the situation we'd be in right now. Yeah, that was the thing. So me and my team... Um went back and forth for a while. I was I was like, you know, this song is very important to me. Um, it's why I created the scholarship, um, half of it, half of it because I wanted to give back to the agriculture community, of course. But the song is really where I hope farmers listen to it and understand that, you know, there's not many of us left and I know people are struggling and I, and so, when we listen to this song and when the kids send in these videos and we see the music video about the farmer, I really just want people to, you know, lift their head a little bit, be proud to be in the farming community, be an advocate. I say that all the time. You know, my dad growing up was such an influence in California. He represented the dairy industry in California through Farm Bureau. Um, he was on Dairy Challenge Butter. Um, he is now on Tennessee Dairy. So I definitely follow in his footsteps doing all of this advocacy and loving agriculture for what it is. When I tell you, you talked about the song Time Changes, which is really a song about making your voice heard. Uh, you know, you've really tried to use your platform here as an artist uh, to to be able to speak up uh, on issues that are affecting the agriculture industry. Tell us a bit more about what inspired you to write that song. So the biggest inspiration about it um, is the California bullet train. Um, if we would still be in California, the bullet train goes right through our property. Um, it goes through a lot of my family, friends, properties, and money is just not coming in from that. And so I read an article about all these people that I grew up with high school, you know, grew up since I was little and um, just broke my heart. So I was like, you know what, like time changes. And so I started writing. I was in my truck on the dairy farm, I remember. And uh, I just started writing and I think I wrote it in an hour and I was like, wow. And then I went to my producer and he was like, this is going to be a beautiful song. And so we made it very, I think he made it very dynamic, very yeah. moving, just exactly what I would have produced it for 
Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see it all come together. Not only that, but I'm starting the farmer stories too. So that call, that's called Time Changes, The Life of a Farmer. So those will be coming out in August, leading up to the scholarship, leading up to the song. There's a lot going on for the next four months. So, so, so where can folks see those? Um, we are going to post those on YouTube, IGTV. I do have a couple of other agriculture companies that are going to share them. Uh, once I figure out where all it's going to be posted, I can uh, definitely get that to you. But Instagram, Facebook, it'll be all over my pages. Uh, the first one coming out will be me and my dad starting it off, just telling our story about agriculture. And then I have one in South Carolina and one in Georgia, and then we're going to go from there a couple different states. So I'm very excited, very blessed that farmers are opening their home to me to share their story. And I think the agriculture community needs it now more than ever. I know everybody's been curious. Uh, can you share a bit of that song with us? Yeah, yeah, we'll share the whole thing. Why not? <laughs> yeah.
2011. If you want to know more about her musical career, I hope you'll go back and uh, check out uh, episode 32 of the podcast, which was done in December. Uh, you can find that at fastline.com, also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. We kind of dug in to talk a bit about her uh, her past and her career and aspirations and inspirations and everything else. So if you didn't get a chance to go back, uh, head on over to those archives and check that out. Cause that was a great conversation. And Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today on fast line, fast track live, and uh, just uh, bringing this exciting announcement to us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brett. And we'll get Stephanie back on the program in October when she announces a winner. We'll also get that winner on there as well. So stay tuned for that. Well, next up on Fastline Fast Track, last week we brought you interviews with Corn Warriors creator Seth Wood and competitors Kevin Cobb and Brooks Cardinal. We continue our series this week with competitor Corey Atley. Corey, welcome into Fastline Fast Track. Hey, thank you. Corey's a fifth-generation farmer from Cedarville, Ohio, which is just down the road from London, Ohio, where we check in every year from the Great Farm Science Review Show. He's a multiple-time state winner of the National Corn Yield Contest, and he farms around 8,000 acres. And according to his Season 4 audition tape, he pulls big yields and it means business. So, Corey, what's business looking like for you these days? Ah, so far, so good. We've been really dry. Uh, we was wet early for the planting season. We was fighting Mother Nature just to get it in the ground. And then uh, we had a real dry month of June and so far in July. But uh, actually here in the past two weeks, every Sunday here, we've been catching uh, around an inch of rain. So we've been very lucky and blessed. So, so far, things are looking really good. What prompted you to uh, send in an audition tape for Corn Warriors? Just uh, I wanted to represent the great state of Ohio and just show everybody around, you know, North America here that us Buckeyes can uh, can uh, bring bring the heat too. Uh huh. So, what has the first season of filming been like for you? Oh, it's been great. I met Seth and the guys, Jared. I met they've been awesome. And they just make things easy and comfortable, and things have been going. Going great so far. Did you kind of have a sense of what to expect? Has it been anything like you anticipated it would be, or has it been different? It's been different. It's been a lot more laid back than than than, than what I thought it'd be. You know, it was just first day they was there filming. You know, for the first time, I'd say me included. Everybody was pretty nervous and didn't know what to expect, and was pretty tight-lipped about everything and felt like we was walking on eggshells, but that only lasted till about lunch, and then after that, we just kind of cut it loose, and we've been pretty relaxed ever, ever, ever since here. Uh-huh. Have you gotten a chance to uh, meet or, or really spend any time talking with any of the other competitors? No, I have not. It's something that I'm really looking forward to, but uh, really I've not gained a relationship with, with anybody else on the show yet. Is there a certain advantage to that, though, uh, coming in as kind of the, uh, the under-the-radar, kind of the dark horse, and, and being able to uh, uh, just do what you, you've been so good at for, for so long? Absolutely. So that's the one thing that I like about it. Right now I'm not on anybody's radar. So I just kind of get to, get to fly low and, and just do my thing. I'm pretty confident in, 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 in our farm's ability uh-huh. to, you know, make sure that we have good yields and and i think we'll be just fine this year is there anything uh, in your approach that you've changed up along the way because of tv or are you just uh, kind of uh, carrying on status quo nope just status quo so that's one thing i want to you know i don't want to put out a special plot or do anything special just for the television you know i, I want people to see you know on a mass scale of what we can accomplish and and, and what truly can be done because there's so many times out there people say, well, it's not practical. I can't do it. I farm too many acres. Well, I'm just trying to be out here and prove to people that, you know, you can do this and still cover a 1,000 acres a day. You know, there's different ways to do it. When we talk about having a large farming operation, uh, I know being on TV now, you're kind of the face of it, but we should point out that uh, this is far from a one-man show for you guys. Oh, Absolutely. You know, my dad, you know, he's, he's pretty much the patriarch of all this. You know, when he first started farming, uh, his dad had 900 acres and sold it to his three sons. And so dad started out with 300 acres. So now, uh, with all the cash renting that we're doing and everything, we're, we're, we're up to 8,000 8, acres, but you know, I'd say about 75% of that chunk all, 
all came from dad's working. So, you know, he's, he's really busted his butt to lay this down for me. And now it's my job to make sure that I'm going to bust my butt and leave it there for, for my kid. When you bring up a good point there, what, what kind of pressure comes along with that? Oh, tremendous pressure. I mean, you know, yields are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not technically about the yields. It's about what you can make at the end of the day. This is a business. Mm-hmm. It's about how much money we can make. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, farming hasn't been pretty the last few years. It's never good when you're glad that you're breaking even. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not a good business motto. So that's really what's been pushing the yields, though, too, because we're trying so hard and we're so devoted and concentrated on trying to find ways to do something different just to be able to make more money. You know, how do you raise yield but yet cut your cost $100 an acre? You know, those are things that we're really diving in, into, but it's going to be better for the future, though. You know, so that way, you know, for when my kids, you know, are finally old enough to farm, you know, we're we're being so much more resourceful with the ground that we have that, you know, I just hope they get a chance mm-hmm. one day. Has this, you talk about it being stressful. Has uh, being a part of this TV show uh, brought some new enthusiasm or, or some new life into what you're doing? Uh, it's It's almost more added pressure just because you know if we didn't do well it's on us but now i guess everything's boom in front of your face it's on television now so (laughs) (laughs) you either do great or you're going to do bad and everybody's going to see so it's it's more added pressure but you know i I, it's more added pressure for me because i want to represent the great state of ohio Uh you know and a lot of pressure so many good farmers in the state you know so I want to make sure that, that what I am doing is a great representation. So I know you're a new guy on the block as far as the TV show is concerned, and you've been doing this a relatively short time, but what have you learned along the way? I've just, just been very surprised at how easy and laid back everything is. I mean, things just go so smooth, it's fast. Uh, just the other day, we was there filming, and you know, it was on a weekend, and you know, told the guys, I don't know what we can do. I think we almost filmed, you know, we filmed for almost close to 14 hours. Wow. You know, we was having a great time, you know, walking fields and so many different things to see. I mean, we probably could have filmed for another 28 hours that day, you know, the next few days. I mean, we, we just had a blast. That's awesome. And I know that uh, Seth and Jared make it fun and uh, they can pull out things that you might not even think are necessarily all that exciting, but uh, they have a way of, of turning it into something intriguing. Oh, absolutely. They have great creative minds. (laughs) Well, not only are you uh, the new guy on the block with Corn Warriors, but uh, Seth Wood has also developed a new show that's going to be airing in January called Podfather, which is uh, very similar to Corn Warriors, but focuses on soybean growing. And uh, you're going to be one of the key competitors in that one as well. Yeah, so I guess I got double time here. But, uh, you know, things have been going great there. This show is going to be interesting. I'm so glad somebody finally did a show about beans. They've been the forgotten crop. A lot of times people just plant them just as a rotational crop. And, you know, even with the yield that I get and see what these other guys put out year in, year out, I'm just blown away by it. Because beans, they're just, they're tough. They're really, really tough. When you talk about pressure, just trying to compete with these guys uh, in the corn arena, but uh, uh, this is a whole other game here trying to to compete on the bean front. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, our goal is, you know, to have somewhere between 100 to 120 bushel beans. We're not irrigated. So for that, I mean, I'm very, very proud of those numbers, great numbers. But, man, some of these guys can throw 150-plus out, and that's going to be – tall order to overcome so i'm i'm gonna try to hold my own and do the best i can but you know i just can't wait you know i've I've got to chat some with matt miles on the show and he's just been a great guy so far and you know i can't wait to meet everybody else and just learn because i think beans is something something new to pretty much to pretty much everybody right now so you know i don't know if we know what the top is to a soybean and i think here in the next few years somebody's going to be busting down the door of the 200 bushel mark well, and it's interesting because we, we watch this play out as a competition on, on TV, but in the long run, and I know we've seen this from the Corn Warriors TV show, uh, th- this kind of helps all farmers if they're paying attention to it because uh, you guys are sharing a lot there that is actually applicable, and, and guys can take that right out into the field and uh, and see some gains almost immediately. 
Oh, ab- absolutely. I, you know, that's one thing that I love about this show. I know, I know just for me personally, you know, I'm not holding anything back. I'm an open book. And, you know, if somebody wants to reach out with questions, feel free. You know, you know, I try to talk about as much as I can on film. Just, you know, sometimes you forget about certain things, but, you know, it's only going to help everybody else. And that's where I feel, you know, the true meaning of, of paying it forward is just trying to help with your knowledge to the farmers by a farmer. And, you know, they can watch a show and go out and try it on their own ground. Man, I tell you what, uh, we sure wish you the best of luck here on the show. I, I can't wait to dig into season four here and, and see how you stack up against the rest of these guys and uh, uh, what, what that uh, camaraderie or, or rivalry turns into here. But it looks like you uh, have got a good thing going here. Well, yeah, I greatly appreciate that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. It's just it's just an honor just to be on the show. You know, a few years ago, you know, got to see the show and somebody actually reached out to me and it was Kevin Cowell. is his yield, I think, in 2016. Somebody said, man, you think you can beat him? I said, I doubt it. Uh-huh. But, man, I'd love to give it a hell of a shot. And uh-huh. so that's when I started entering the yield contest and I haven't been on his same, you know, playing field yet. I'm still learning this whole thing, you know, throwing out those numbers. So just to be on the show with somebody like, like him, I haven't got a chance to meet him yet. But, I mean, what he does is just awesome. I mean, non-irrigated, that's what we are. So, you know, just to be able to go up against him. I'm a very competitive person, so, you know, it's going to bring out my best. Well, you're definitely in great company there with Kevin, and I I sure hope that, uh, God willing, we can all be together in San Antonio come February, Commodity Classic, when uh, uh, the next crown is handed out. And, uh, man, Corey, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, thank you. Well, next up on the program, continuing our theme of corn and soybeans this week, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey provides us with an update on crop conditions across the country and gives detailed information for some key states. Parts of the Midwest received quite a bit of rain during the week, but some eastern production areas still came up short. If you put it all together, not a whole lot of change in corn and soybean conditions. Rippey provided a status report on national corn condition numbers. No change in the national numbers Steady at 69% good to excellent, 8% very poor to poor. Of course, this year's crop looking better than what we saw this time a year ago. Corn silking and corn doughing are both ahead of average. Rippy provided a little more context on the corn crop. If you look at the heart of the Midwest, there are only three states with more than one-tenth of the crop rated very poor to poor. Not surprisingly, all of them are in the east and includes Ohio, 16% very poor to poor, Michigan, 14%, Indiana, 12%. If you go outside of the Midwest into some of the minor production states, you do see some higher numbers in states like Colorado, 23% very poor to poor, and North Carolina, 21%. Rippy also gave an update on national soybean conditions. Not much overall change. We actually saw... Just a slight uptick in overall condition, 69% good to excellent, 7% very poor to poor. The only change is a one-point increase in the good to excellent ratings over last week. Rippy said the pace of soybeans blooming and setting pods are ahead of average. He also provided some more detailed insight on the soybean crop. As far as the Midwest goes, it's that same three eastern Corn Belt states showing some condition issues. Double-digit, very poor-to-poor ratings coming in from Ohio at 14%, Indiana 11%, Michigan at 10%. Those are the parts of the Midwest that have been a little short on rainfall in recent weeks following a troubled wet planting season and freezes pretty late into the year, into mid-May. Outside the uh, heart of the Midwest, we do see North Carolina coming up with some dryness there pushing the percentage of soybeans rated very poor to poor to 19% this week. We'll bring you additional updates as we get into the crucial weeks leading up to fall harvest. We thank our friends at the USDA News Service for that report. Well, next up on the program, we welcome back to Group Lachlan. We had them on the show earlier this year, and Mark Vikingstad, Michael Boris, and Kendon Oaks have a unique blend of contemporary and classic country sounds, heavily influenced by 1990s country, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And they've also got some new music to debut, which we'll also talk about in a bit. But first of all, guys, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. 
Hey, 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 how are you, man? Thank you, man. Doing, doing great. So, first thing I want to do here is call roll. I'll have each uh, one of you guys uh, tell us uh, your name and where you're from. So, I'm Mark Vikingstead from Long Island, New York, and then I'm Kenneth Oaks from Independence, Kansas, and I'm Michael Boris from Appalachian, New York. So we had you guys on the uh, podcast over the winter, and in fact, we recorded that at the uh, legendary Hank Snow Rainbow Ranch there in Madison, Tennessee, uh, back in the first week of January, when we had no inkling whatsoever what was hiding around the corner for us here in 2020. <laughs> yeah. um, I know this has been a tough year for everybody, but you guys have been no exception. Uh, uh, your career was really picking up a full head of steam here. How do you uh, continue to keep things moving forward and uh, and manage through all that? I mean, it helps have a great publicist. Um, <laughs> uh, she's been been helping us get uh, a lot of uh, Facebook takeovers and stuff yeah. like that. Um, our uh, promotion team, Grassroots Promotion, helped us a lot uh, with pushing our new single and, and trying to get our song out there. And uh, we've just been writing and plugging away and, and doing as much as we can with, with what we have. You know, There's also. Uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, Sonic Music is yeah. out as well, and um, yeah. So just we we have we're very fortunate. We have a good great, team, great us, team yeah. of people that uh, yeah push us forward. Well, you mentioned your publicist, Deb Moser, uh, a second ago, uh, one of the best in the business. And she's had you guys on live streams from like here to the moon and back. I mean, you guys have been <laughs> everywhere. Every time I pull up my browser, it seems like you're on another live stream. <laughs> it's been, been an interesting way to build a fan base. How has that gone for you? It's been great. I mean, the live streams, although we don't have any live concerts to play, the live streams have been just phenomenal in terms of getting all of our social numbers up and it's it's an it's like instant gratification to to see those numbers go up after a show. Like you play a show and you look at your numbers and boom, they're going up. And so like, okay, this is great. I mean, that's the only that's the biggest trade-off I see is that we can't be interacting with everybody in person. And of course, there's no money involved. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's worth it to get the, the music out there. It's, it's been uh, it's been busy and fun. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what have each of you guys been doing throughout all this time since you haven't been able to be out uh, touring and, and supporting your music? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have a collective Lachlan dancer, but as yeah. far as us uh, individually, um, I've been uh, working a lot, actually. <laughs> um, you know, being an independent artist, you know, we're self-funded, so um, we need to pay, pay for everything ourselves. So I have a, I have a full-time job. So uh, I've been working this whole time um, mm. at uh, Trader Joe's. So, <laughs> and it doesn't bring us any food either. Maybe <laughs> would, but no food. <laughs> but was he the toilet paper connection during all this? Well, it's it's that been nice, toilet actually. paper connection. Oh, the toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What's really yeah. funny about the toilet paper is, uh, I think my wife and I went to Costco the weekend before all of the. Wow. Quarantine happened, and we needed toilet paper at that point. We went to Costco, so we get the huge roll of. We were good to go. We were, we were ready to go. So we were lucky enough to wait in that line for the toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> or wait forever just to get some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Anybody else have anything off the wall you did uh, during this period? I mean, when it first started, I went to Kansas. We couldn't really get together. We were all quarantined, so I went back to Kansas for a good month and spent time with my family. But uh, ultimately, just been trying to write as much as possible and do what we can to, to, to you know, bring everyone new music and uh, keep keep plugging away at it. Uh, well, roll, I'll tell you roll, <laughs> roll the couch and watch some Netflix. That's for sure. Watch a lot of shows on Netflix in that month. I love it. So unlike a lot of the uh, uh, the uh, groups and trios and, and quartets and so forth, they were just kind of thrown together by the industry uh, or by the label for. Uh, uh, just going out and putting together albums. Uh, you guys truly seem like you enjoy spending time together. We do. Uh, like it or not, we're going to anyway. But <laughs> I already told these guys, I was like, if one of us gets, we're in, gets you know, COVID, we're all getting it. Like, we might as well be married to each other. But uh, <laughs> but, but we love it. I mean, we, we all get along really well and uh, agree on a lot of things. And, and just, yeah, so it, it's good. So uh, before all this hit, to take you back a little bit to 2019, man, it was a, such a big year for you. You released the debut single, Till the Cows Come Home, uh, which made its way to the top 40 of the Music Row Country breakout chart. Then you opened for uh, acts like Big and Rich and then uh, toured England and Scotland. 
Strickland and open for Cam and Kit Moore and uh, Josh Turner, Lanco, Morgan Evans and Logan Mize. And what has that experience been like? You were building some serious momentum there. It was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. I mean, all those things last year, right after Cows came out and all those things just kind of like got thrown at us. We were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, we were ready to go. It was it was awesome to be able to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, literally like Mark said, honestly, it was just like a lot of things happened in a short amount of time. And so, yeah, we, we just, we made it happen. And, uh, England and Scotland were just, I mean, made a ton of memories, a ton of memories, a ton of great memories, incredible experiences. The fans over there, um, top notch. It's funny calling them fans. Cause it feels like we just made a bunch of friends. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know what I mean? Like, yeah. because it's like, they're just great people. And, uh, but yeah, so it was it was really great, and uh, yeah, this it's been a challenging year. Like, cause we were slated to go back actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, um, month. next month. Yeah, yeah, we were we were confirmed to go back uh, to perform and do a, a tour again. But you know, obviously that <laughs> got put on hold for a while. And so, uh, but you know, everybody's got to stay safe and healthy and do what they got to do. And uh, so, fortunately though, they've been very supportive during this whole time. Um, yeah with made for mornings and everything, there's been a lot of outlets and a lot of people reaching out and being like, Hey, like, can we do this? And like, you know, different outlets putting us on their live streams. And, uh, it was featured on Chris country, uh, which is the uh, big country radio station over there. Uh, it was a single of the week, you know, and stuff. So it's been really great. It's been really great. So we're just trying our best to, you know, stay, stay in the fight as it were, you know, <laughs> so you talk about it being a whirlwind in 2019. You guys are are, are opening for for big acts and tour, touring the world and uh, and putting out music. A lot of people would love to be in that position. Is it what you had dreamed of it being when you started this out? What's what's better and what's not as good as maybe what you anticipated going into all this? It's a good question. I mean, I didn't personally. I didn't have any real. Uh, idea what the actual going to Scotland and opening up for the exact so you don't really know how it's going to affect you or what you're going to feel when you're in the moment. I think it's just uh, it's exciting and it's and it's new and it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's um, humbling to uh, be in front of crowds, especially in the UK when you're playing. You have crowds that are singing words back to you from songs and uh, but I think overall it's it's. I didn't really know what to expect. So everything was kind of like just an incredible experience. I mean, really, that's what it was. I, I didn't really have any, uh, I didn't really think about it too much. I just knew that we're like, okay, we're going to play the show. We're going to do this and do this and be like, okay, let's, let's just go and do it. I mean, that's just me, my yeah. own personal thing. I mean, people like playing the show is, is, is our reward. You know, when we get to go out there and see the fans and play the shows, that's the reward that we get. But, people don't see what we do behind you know, the scenes and all the work that we put into it. And, and even now, like like we get together, even when we don't have these, these live streams and we're working, we're either writing or we're, you know, doing the business side of things. Yeah. Um, new ideas. You know, other things. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're aiming for the stars because, you know, we're passionate about it. We love what we do. Um, we love the fans. We love everything about it. And we love country music. And so we just, we're just going to keep plugging away. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. because we, uh, it's something to have to remind ourselves of frequently, at least myself, because, you know, you get, again, when things are a whirlwind and you are just working, like we're getting together, like, you know, almost every day, um, working on a lot of business, you know, a lot of business stuff, a lot of writing, like, you know, like Kim just said, it's tough because sometimes when you're just going, 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 you sometimes can lose sight of like, oh man, like this is fun, you know? And actually we talked about this the other day, I believe, yeah, yeah. but when we're performing, when we're actually singing together, even if we're rehearsing, you know, even if we're rehearsing something and we're singing and we're creating music, that's like, ah, this is, this is fun. Yeah. You know, this is, this is why, you know, why this, we do this is our, our yeah, passion. Why we do so, um, but it's, it's tough, man. It's like, there's a whole other side of it that people don't see, you know, there's so much that goes into it. So, yeah. So for anybody who missed the podcast, and we talked about this a bit in the open, you guys uh, draw a lot of inspiration from 1990s country. Uh, and I know it's still a big part in a lot of the covers that you play and, and, and even inspiration for the music that, uh, that you create today. Tell us a bit about who some of the folks were that influenced you guys coming up. Oh, I have a laundry list. <laughs> I, I can go all day with 90s country and, and different, yeah, different artists. And, you know, obviously... 
you know, the groups like Diamond Rio, um, Little Texas, you know, th those groups with the harmonies, I mean, Rascal Flats, um, you know, huge influences. You know, I remember going to like Colin, a Colin Ray concert when I was younger and I, I don't know what I did with the bandana, but he signed a bandana. Um, mm -hmm. so huge Colin Ray fan, Joe Diffie, um, you know, there's so many, so many influences when it comes to 90s country. For, for, yeah. for me, it was, it was uh, Garth. Garth was huge. I mean, that's like the staple of 90s country is, you know, you hear Garth Brooks. I mean, everybody knows who he is. And so popular back then, still popular today. Uh, he was my first concert when I was 10, Central Park. I saw him. And uh, that was a, like that concert was the, the show that I was like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. I want to do music for the rest of my life. That's what I want to do. I want to be like Garth, you know. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah he'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, Garth was a, was a huge, huge one. I mean, all those '90s guys uh, on the radio were, were huge influences, and, all, and we get our influences from all over the place too. So, but with the, with the country, yeah, it's definitely Garth. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of yes. yeah, those are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, but truly though, um, all those artists, these guys named uh, any. A lot of the country, '90s country, big vocal groups and stuff like that. Alabama, I love Alabama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oak Ridge Boys, Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, yeah, gosh, just you know, anything with like those just soaring harmonies and uh, great melodies and just country music, the storytelling, the lyric, you know, and. Uh, such a staple to those 90s mm -hmm. countries and the storytelling. So before we go any further, let's hear one from Lachlan. This is Till the Cows Come Home on Fast Line Fast Track. Love it. Great stuff, guys. Oh, thanks so much. 
Like most of the artists that we have on the show here that are so talented, you guys don't just play and sing. You guys also uh, do a lot of writing and uh, and have gotten into some production work as well. That's how we have, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about uh, where, where you guys draw inspiration f- for writing. And uh, is that a process you do collaboratively or, or, or separately and then come together? How does that work? It's a it's a mixture of I have everything. Every every case is different. It's a it's like an ebb and flow uh, between the yeah. three of us, and we bring other writers in. And we have a we have a couple of writers that we love to write with. And, uh, we usually set up a write with those with those guys, and it's either one of us will have an idea, one of us will have a guitar you know idea or a melody, and even just maybe even just like a first line of a song, and we'll you know we'll come together and just kind of sit there and work on it, and it's just a process, and yeah. It's a it's a great process though. It's a lot of fun writing with these guys. I mean, we have we have a really good time. You guys sound really good with a live band, as we're going to see here in a moment when we roll the video for your song "Drive." But uh, COVID's really forced you guys to have to perform a whole lot more acoustically. Is that really altered in any way the way you guys perform certain songs, or forced you to focus more on uh, on on vocals and harmonies and so forth, or is it really is it really been that big of a deal at all? It's different. I mean, you know, acoustic shows versus full band shows are are very different yeah, uh, in yeah. many, many regards. Uh, they're both, they both have their unique sets of challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, acoustic, it's just us. You know, it's just us. It's just a guitar, djembe, and our vocals. And so we need to make sure we bring the same amount of energy and passion as we do with a full band. You know, and now with a full band show, again, we've got our fantastic players uh, that we work with. Um, you know, you got the big production, you know, full full everything, you know, and we're still focusing in really hard on the harmonies um, and keeping those real tight. Uh, but again, it's just different. You know, it's just it's just two different types of energy. And so uh-huh. uh, we, we do miss playing full band, though. We really, really do because it's nothing like it, you know, just, you know. Have you guys kept uh, close contact with, with with the guys that you've been playing with here throughout this? Yeah, they're good oh, friends absolutely. of ours. Yeah, yeah. so they're everybody's. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talk to them regularly. <laughs> everybody's chomping at the bit to get back out there again. Yeah, um, absolutely. We we were actually fortunate. We actually we filmed a live in studio version of Made for Mornings, uh, which uh, premiered on Today in Nashville a couple weeks ago. And so uh, that was all of our band guys. And that was the first time we'd actually done anything full band in a long yeah. time, obviously since COVID. And so um, that was just a blast. You know, and it was all the players that played on the record. And so uh, just some of Nashville's best. I mean, like truly we were like, you know, to be in the same room with that, with those guys is like unbelievable. They're just such talents. So. Very fortunate to work with them. Well, before we go any further, let's hear another from Lachlan. This is their hit drive on Fast Line Fast Track. Sixty-five baby blue Ford has got me trucking down this cotton field road. Fast or slow, honey, I don't care. As long as I'm anywhere, anywhere with you. Cause all I wanna do is drive, drive, drive Hit the brakes, baby, jump in No time to stop and we're gone again Gravel flies, knocks the rust off the bed of my truck We can ride this ride until the tough falls off So come on, let's get lost Drive. Lost in the way that you got me feeling 
I love the energy in that song. <laughs> so what's that whole video making process like for you guys? Is, is that something that you were fairly new to going into that song? I, yeah, I would say new. Yeah, I've yeah. never made a music video yeah. before. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I know that Michael's been in a couple of them uh, as a drummer and everything. Yes, uh, but this is this was my first time as actually the like as the artist. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I performed in music videos, like these guys said before, but I was just playing drums, you know, I was just hired to, you know, pre-Lockland, pre-Lockland <laughs> world. Um, but again, uh, yeah, this was different, you know, because again, you're talking about planning, you're talking about like, you know, getting the sets and like, Location. that, like that, that loop, um, the 65 baby oh, yeah. move forward. Yeah. That's a, that's, that was, I, I found that car um, through a picture car company that like leases out those vehicles for TV and film. And yeah. so, um, it was just like, so it's like renting that and like seeing that roll up, like on the truck bed, you know, to the set, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. So, you know. but, uh, it's different. Yeah. It's fun though. Fun yeah. experience. Uh, where, where do videos fit in into the hierarchy of everything that needs to be done to promote a song these days? That's great. Question. Um, I, I, as far as hierarchy, I don't know. I don't know where it lands on the hierarchy. I think it lands as it's another tool. Yeah, uh, it's another have, promotional you know, tool for, for, for marketing and promoting the song. Um, you know, I don't know how often. Like, I'll watch CMT. Um, I don't know how often these days people watch CMT or you know they do get on YouTube, but uh, I think yeah, it's just another way to, to promote it. You know, a visual. Yeah. Yeah. So I know uh, th this is a very loaded question. I'm going to lob it and then run here. What's the rest of 2020? Uh, what, what are your hopes and aspirations for the rest of this year? What do you hope to get out of it? I think just working still like we've been doing, uh, doing the live streams and, you know, interacting with the fans as we, as you know, we, you know, the best we can. I think uh, we have a couple of things in the works uh, that we're working on that are, uh, probably are bigger things for 2020 in terms of like the live stream idea. Uh, mm -hmm. Try and get those uh, going, maybe make an announcement in the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Uh, we'll see here. Uh, but there's, there's more things coming in terms of live streams and uh, more interviews like this. And uh, we're going to be working. We're going to be writing. We're going to be recording some demos. I mean, we're, we're going to still have, we're taking this time to work on everything we possibly can. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, Hopefully in the fall we'll we'll be able to actually get out and start playing some shows, uh, live shows. So we'll see. Yeah. So that's what we can hope for. <laughs> so the mode that you guys are in right now, are you focused on on putting out just singles, or are are you looking at uh, at producing an album, or or where are things headed there? We we would love nothing more than to release a full length album with uh, mm -hmm. songs we've released previously and also new songs. You know, a lot of new stuff. Um, for us, again, since we're an independent artist, um, everything is self-funded. So um, it's just a question of, you know, like we have to make sure we set into priority what's important to promote, you know, with our own funds. You know, so um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We're also writing. We're going to continue to write. You know, yeah, we've, we've written some great stuff and continue to write. It's the plan, um, yeah, for sure. There's lots of we have yeah. lots of new music for sure. So um, mm -hmm. it's definitely something that will happen for sure. It's you know we'll see when. Well, I tell you what, one of the main reasons we're here uh, this week is to talk about some new music. Uh, you've got a new song out, "Made for Mornings." You guys have been making the rounds here, seeing you quite a bit, uh, sharing that song here. Tell me a bit about the inspiration for that song. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's not. 
crazily profound. <laughs> uh, but uh, we were downstairs uh, in uh, Kimmins building. Uh, there's a there's a Starbucks right downstairs. I think we were gonna get some stuff from uh, some coffee because uh, I'm a coffee addict. And uh, we saw this sign. It was an advertisement for a breakfast sandwich, and it said "Made for Mornings" on the top. And I go, "Man, that's a song." I said, "We gotta write that down. That's a song." And I think a few weeks later, uh, our buddy Ren Anderson, uh, who wrote "Till the Cows Come Home" with us, uh, he came over and penned this song. And, and uh, just you know, it, it kind of was like "Made for Mornings." What? How can we kind of flip this into like a love song kind yeah. of thing? And, and I think we, we did it justice then with this one. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty proud we're of proud writing on this song. I love it. So why don't we hear a bit of Made for Mornings? How you always smiling when you wake me up, wake me up. This early rising's never been my cup. But now you give me reasons to be pinched out of my sleep. And this is too good to be dreaming away. I used to be a late night party type. Sipping on the high line. Getting at 5 a.m. Sleeping till it's night again. And you, you, you showed up without warning. Yeah, you, you got me thinking I was made for morning. Messages from all my friends Where you been? If I don't respond, they know the answer is I'm smelling roses on my pillow Found my sunrise Amarillo When your eyes come alive with you I used to be a late night party time Sipping on the high line Getting at 5 a.m. Sleeping till it's night again And you Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now I and now I have a strange hankering for a venti caramel macchiato. I love it. So if people want to follow along with uh, your live streams and everything else, Lockland, where can they go to do that? Yeah. So yeah, this is on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. Mm -hmm. iTunes. Uh, we're also on Twitter and TikTok, but yeah, just at Lachlan right there. The website, LachlanBand.com. Guys, I really, really appreciate you guys coming back to the show here and sharing music with us. And uh, you know, you're certainly welcome to come back anytime you want to uh, share new music or just to hang out, man. Yeah, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank sure. you so much. Yeah. yeah. It's just so much fun. I know we get great response when you guys come back and, uh, I mean, I wish you the best of luck with this. And I hope we can get through this and get some of these dates back on the book and get you guys back out there and and getting in front of people again. 
Fingers crossed, yes. man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely fingers crossed. Well, we want to send a special shout out to our musical sponsor, the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee. The COVID had them down for a bit, but they're open now for business. And I hope that when you're in the Nashville area, you go check them out. They got a great selection of vinyl, CDs and merchandise. And if they don't have it there for you, they'll find it for sure. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 10 to 10. So stop by and say hi and make sure you tell them that you heard it here on fast line fast track i also want to say a special shout out to our friends at farm life and thank them for their support of fast line fast track we have some big things in the works with those guys that you're going to hear about real soon so stay tuned for that go over and give them a like on their facebook page so you can connect with others who are interested in agriculture and join me over there on their page every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern as i join my buddy brandon deal to talk about the things that are on the minds of farmers and harvest season is rapidly approaching for many farmers across the country. If you're in the market for combines, heads, grain carts, grain dryers, trailers, or anything else, head on over to FastLine.com and check out our equipment locator with the price comparison tool featuring the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. That's FastLine.com. And while you're on the website, be sure to sign up for the print catalog for your state or region. No need to head into town to pick one up off the convenience store rack. The FastLine catalog is still being delivered directly to your mail box and it's still a favorite resource of farmers and ranchers across our great country remember to subscribe to the fast line fast track podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, and add our spotify playlist to your library for music from past current and upcoming guests of the show also be sure to hit us up on all the socials facebook twitter instagram linkedin and youtube well it's time for us to get on out of here so until next time it's brent adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer focused marketing solutions, visit fastlinemediagroup.com and check out our brand websites fastline.com, bigag.com, and pinktractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at brent.adams at fastline.com. 